Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by AdWatch. Reach more out-of-home customers where they live, work, and play with AdWatch Media's digital marketing services. Today's podcast guests are Evan Richheimer and Lou Serta, co-founders of New Tradition Media, an out-of-home company which focuses on high-profile locations in top U.S. markets. Welcome to the show, Evan and Lou. Dave, welcome and thank you for having us. And by the way, you... But you nailed the pronunciation of, of my name, which very few people ever ever are able to do. This is an aside, but I think my toughest assignment was I was uh, MC at a Greek wedding. Yeah, now you know, <laughs> R- R- Richheimer is nothing compared to a seventeen-syllable Greek last name. <laughs> Review New Traditions' history and how it got into out of home. Thanks, Dave. First and foremost, we want to thank you for the opportunity to tell the New Tradition story. So New Tradition is a New York-based company. We actually just turned 11 this month. We have a wonderful staff that's spread between New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. But I'd like to start by telling you a little bit about our partnership group. There are five of us, you know, and we really all have complementary backgrounds, you know, which we feel is really a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Now, first, Evan and I, we came from Titan in New York. So you're, you're transit guys, yeah. We're transit guys. Yeah. yeah. We, so some would say we got our MBA in transit advertising. And, you know, we were at Titan in those early 2000s. Yeah. And we got to see a tremendous growth trajectory. So we were part of a very, very special company. Mm-hmm. So we both came out of Titan out of New York. Vince Mastria came from JC Deco. He was in national sales out of their New York office. Hmm. Brett Richheimer, who is Evan's brother, came from the banking world. He came from Barclays Capital. And then Scott Alessandro came from Van Wagner in New York. Now, I'd like to take a little bit of time to talk about Scott. You know, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Scott passed away last June, and, you know, he fought a very courageous battle with cancer. Mm -hmm. Scott was a great friend. He was a great partner, and he was one of the great real estate developers in Out of Home. Yeah, he was one of our best friends. Anybody that knew Scott loved Scott. He had this infectious smile, this charisma about him, and he was probably the quickest person I've ever met on his feet. He understood the human touch better than anybody I've ever come across. We used to joke throughout the years, two hearts, one mind. I mean, we're going to miss him greatly. The world lost a great one. That being said, the interesting thing about Scott and the billboard business is he's probably the only person I've ever met that is a third generation billboard operator. He loved the space. He literally studied the space day in and day out. He used to like to say he sat on the lap of his uncle, Bob Bowser, for the better part of, you know, seven years learning Van Wagner's business and watching his uncle and, you know, his great uncle was Stanley Langer, who was relatively close with as well at Villapeg Outdoor. So he had this immense understanding and perspective of the industry, which ultimately helped us become Mm. the company that we are today. Wow. Yeah. Scott was an incredible person. You know, he was really an encyclopedia, you know, when it came out of home and he's a big part of our story. So, you know, we, we wanted to spend a little bit of time so that you guys, you know, understood who he was and, and what he meant to the business. But, you know, in terms of the business and how we got to this point, you know, there, there's some pivotal points in our timeline and I'm only going to share a few just to give you an understanding of how we got to this, this spot. But Evan and I, as we mentioned before, we both started at Titan, you know, we got to know each other and, you know, we both always had something in common. We both always wanted to be entrepreneurs. You know, so through certain circumstances, one day opportunity came knocking and, you know, we decided to start a company and we founded New Tradition in March of 2010. And about a year later, we convinced Vince to join us. He was at the co at the time, perfectly great job. 
and he decided to come on board. So the three of us spent the next two years operating a very niche business, you know, that really just focused on reaching consumers at beaches and ski resorts around the country. And huh. the business that's a lot different than the business that we have today, but that's how we started New Tradition. Wow. You know, and like any other entrepreneur story, you know, twists and turns, ups, ups and downs. You know, we oh, realized, yeah. <laughs> started realizing bipolar roller coasters, ups <laughs> and downs. You know, what they say, ignorance is bliss. You just don't know. The world of entrepreneurship is often sensationalized. Yeah. It's been 11 years of pushing a boulder up a mountain. That was right after the Great Recession, and the, it was a little bit rocky. It was a slow recovery. Who knew what was going on? And uh, it, I, it, very interesting times to start a business. For sure. But they say no risk, no return. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we knew we knew that at the end of that three years, we, we had to pivot and we had to start we had to develop signs and, you know, none of us had the wherewithal to develop signs, you know, so, hmm, hmm. you know, about a year later. So now this is June of 2012, you know, Evan, Vince and myself, we were subleasing an office space on 30th street. And one day we're coming back from lunch and there's Scott standing outside of the office. Yeah. And, you know, the very first words out of his mouth were, you know, I'm subleasing an office space in this building. You know, I'm mm -hmm. trying to start an outdoor company. I can develop signs, but I can't sell them. Mm-hmm. And that was it. We all looked at each other and we said, you know what, let's join forces. Let's see if we can make this work. And that was that, you know, that that basically set off a trajectory. You know, and a few years later, Evan's brother, Brett, joined us and he came from the banking world, as I mentioned earlier. So he brought with him a finance skill set that none of us had. You know, so looking back on those early years when we were just selling beach and ski, we could never have imagined the company that we, you know, the way that it looks today, you know, where we manage iconic properties like One Times Square and Union Station in Washington, D.C., and the Reef in Los Angeles, you know, largest digital billboard in America, Hollywood and Highland, and now the Regency assets in Los Angeles. You know, we're very excited for the future and what's ahead, but none of this would be possible without our staff, without our landlords, our business partners, and obviously our clients and agency partners. Yeah, yeah, because to lose, like, at the end of the day, Dave, we're normal guys mm -hmm. that, have worked, that have worked exceptionally hard and have just for the last 11 years we've made the calls we've dived at every loose ball and we we always said from the onset we said anything that we lack in talent will overcome with work ethic and we've really just have had great luck honestly at you know meeting perfect partners everybody always said five partners would never stand the test of time well they were wrong <laughs> there and we just had this commonality and this goal and and yeah. in life i don't need to tell you no matter what you do and how you do it it's all about you know execution and if you're willing to put in the time and work really hard you can accomplish great things and we're a testament to that because there's nothing remotely special about any of us we're just nice people i'd like to think that at every turn of the way try to do the right thing by people they say luck is where preparation meets opportunity and you know i think about our footprint and all of the signs and the iconic nature of the signs that we built and people think Often that you know it was it, some of this was given to us. None of it was. You know, I think of our one of our trophy assets, one Times Square. Talk home about of the New that. Year's Eve ball drop. Yes. Home of the New Year's Eve ball drop, Dave. Disputably the single best asset in the world, in yeah. my in my humble opinion. So our office was at 1407 Broadway on, yes. on 40th Street. And I lived on 44th and 2nd at that time. And to save money every day, I wouldn't take the subway, I would walk from you know, 44th and 2nd to 1407 Broadway daily. Mm -hmm. And day in and day out, I would look at the retail signage on 42nd Street that Walgreens occupied. Mm -hmm. To make a long story short, I'm like, this is, you know, this is underutilized. 
I start dialing daily the <laughs> real estate manager at Walgreens. Yes. No, to no avail. Wouldn't pick up my call. After probably the 150th call, I got him on the phone, scheduled a meeting. Quite honestly, at that point in time, at that juncture of our business, we didn't even want to spend on two plane tickets. Scott <laughs> by himself, yeah. made the pitch with Walgreens, and you know they gave us the opportunity to sell to sell their signage. You know, when given an opportunity like that, it's not one that you take light, lightly. Lou, Vince, myself, all went, you know, gangbusters to trying to sell this because mm-hmm. you always, you know, when you tell a landlord you make promises, you want to under-promise, over-deliver, right? Mm-hmm. That's anything in life as well. Yep. So really, we just go in and we, we, we hit the cover off the ball as it relates to, to, to actualizing the medium and just selling it based on, 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 on its merits. You know, introducing, you know, this signage, this retail lease signage that they had to all the advertising agencies. Fast forward one year, Jeffrey Cat Sherwood Outdoor, he saw, because it was a rent plus deal, mm-hmm. he saw you know, our performance, him and Brian Turner saw our performance on the retail lease signage and were like, wow, why don't you come in for a meeting? Mm-hmm. So sat with them and the other owner of the building, Jamestown Properties, and they were like, can you accomplish this on the front the unit, the front of the building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were like, if afforded the opportunity, I promise we will work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We will do whatever you guys think you're going to do in projections. We believe we'll do even better because we understand how valuable this signage is in a, in a, you know, in a, in a multi-faceted approach and model. So um, yeah, we, we brought it to market and, and the rest is history. We, you know, we signed a, a master lease on the property. We've got great partners in Jamestown and you know, it's it's honestly one of the crowning achievements of of our career, and that was solely Dave based off of a cold call, nothing more, nothing less. That's a great answer and a great segue, Evan, into into that that asset. Give us an update on your current plant faces, the markets you're in, the scale of the company. Absolutely. So we're in 16 major metropolitan cities right now, mm-hmm. and as I said earlier, we focus on large format static and digital inventory. We're very selective about the opportunities that we bring to market. We're most notably known for, you know, obviously one time square home of the New Year's Eve ball drop. Mm-hmm. But last year we had the privilege of bringing to market the largest digital sign in America on the 10 freeway outside the Staples Center called the Reef. Mm-hmm. We have the Nashville sign. We have the Miami murals. We have an incredible sign in downtown Atlanta across from Centennial Park called the Atlanta sign mm-hmm. with Blackbird Media. We've got digitals in Boston, and we also represent some of the most landmark and iconic venues in the world, whether it be Spaniel Hall in Boston, Bayside Marketplace in Miami, Union Station in Washington, D.C., and as of only a few months ago, Hollywood and Highland. Wow. Can you talk a little about scale the company? You know, how many employees? Can you, can you give any revenue figures? So, so I'd prefer not to share our yep. revenues at this point in time. No problem. Interestingly enough, when you talk about employees, and I think our employees are the fabric of our business, Mm -hmm. we've done a great job over the years in being thoughtful about who we hire, when we hire. We're in an amazing industry that attracts some of the best talent in the world. And what was important for us as we brought people into our little business that's now become a big business is that they share our ideas on you know, on the industry, Mm -hmm. that they're curious, that they're curious, that they are willing to go the extra mile for clients. Mm -hmm. I think we've done a really good job of bringing in great talent. And one of the most 
proud accomplishments is that in this last economic downturn, as our industry faced some of the greatest challenges that it will probably ever see Mm -hmm. in time, is that we didn't have to furlough one employee. We didn't have to let one employee go. We didn't have to not pay employees their bonuses. And that is probably one of, again, I said it two minutes ago, one of the really most proud moments of, of, of this entire journey for me. Um, yeah. And Dave, can I just say, I just wanted to thank, you know, our staff, our employees, mm-hmm. you know, this business really doesn't move, you know, without, you know, all hands. And, mm-hmm. you know, this business, Evan and I started, you know, 11 years ago this month. And, you know, to, you know, the fact that gone to where we've gotten to, you know, it, none of this is possible without mm-hmm. the people that we brought on to help, to help us run the business. Mm-hmm. So you're in all these big urban markets. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard Jeremy Mail say just yesterday, you know, he's in a bunch of big urban markets. He thinks out fronts markets come back the last half of this year, but the dollars come back before the audience does. How does that map with what you guys are seeing in your big urban markets? Certainly. So I'll, I'll allow Lou to talk about the, you know, the flow of funds, so to speak. Yes. However, what I, can te- what I can tell you and what we're seeing, and I think our actions speak for themselves, we believe in urbanization. Mm-hmm. I am certain major metropolitan cities will come back. Mm-hmm. You look at New York City, for example, and Lou and I were there yesterday. It's coming back. It's coming alive. Mm-hmm. That city is some of it, that city is one of the most special places on the planet. You can't duplicate the infrastructure of New York. Mm-hmm. There's two international airports. There's regional airports. There's commuter rail, Metro North, Long Island Railroad. You know, I think, you know, when we look back at this point in time, there are going to be great fortunes made on people that are buying into here in a city like New York mm-hmm. because it will be back. It is the greatest place on the face of the earth. John Gray at Blackstone, who I think is one of the smartest people in the room at almost all times, said it best. Pre-COVID, there were no secular issues with being in an office. Mm-hmm. COVID accelerated some trends, but working from home full-time <laughs> is a cyclical response to a once-in-a-generation pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it is, our, it is our belief that people will yearn for collaboration for social interaction, and that they want to be in the office when it's safe to be in the office. Mm-hmm. If you look at San Francisco, for, for example, where we have great exposure with a lot of signage, mm-hmm. you know, the tech world for the better part of five years, Dave, mm-hmm. was saying you can work from home. Right. However, if you look pre-COVID, if you look at price per square foot, retail, office, mm-hmm. San Francisco was the highest rents in the country. Mm-hmm. So what does that all tell you? The world is going to come back. Major cities are going to come back. Look, I'm a New Yorker, and I look forward to raising my family in this city and taking them to Broadway shows and walking Times Square and eating at the, some of the most spectacular restaurants in the world. And that's not going anywhere. Los Angeles isn't going anywhere. Um, these are great American cities, and we're confident they'll be back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, I, it, it's, it's no secret. The last 12 months have been incredibly challenging for the out-of-home industry. You know, what we're seeing is, is an uptick in activity across the board. We're seeing an, mm-hmm. uptick, uh, an uptick in RFPs. We're seeing an uptick in revenue. You know, obviously, the, the year started out, you know, a, a bit challenging for the Northeast markets. 
We were having some success in the Southeast. Some of the West Coast markets were performing, mm-hmm. but it's all building towards, you know, what we believe to be, you know, budgets starting to open up and, and revenue started starting to come to the door. So we're very optimistic about the future of the business, mm-hmm. specifically as it relates to the fourth quarter of this year, or the second half of this year, really. And, and, and might, I, might, I, might I mention, and you think about the industry holistically as well, mm-hmm. you know, there obviously, as I said before, COVID accelerated, you know, certain trends in our society. Look, there's certainly dislocation in some sectors within out of home, mm-hmm. but over time, those will bounce back. We feel that our business and what we've built is, you know, is going to, you know, come out of this crisis even stronger, large format in major metropolitan cities mm-hmm. you know, is just primed to, to, I think, explode in a good way. Guys, talk about the Regency transaction. What got you interested and how do those signs complement your other assets? A- absolutely. Thanks for the question, Dave. So we always admired from afar the Regency plant. If you're an outdoor advertising and you fly to Los Angeles, you fall in love with what the Kennedys built over a very long period of time. I mean, it is truly an irreplaceable footprint in the heart of downtown Los Angeles and the surrounding areas. It's legal nonconforming, so it will never be duplicated again. And given what we were able to purchase in the key neighborhoods that we bought these signs in, it complemented our plant extremely well. You know, we predominantly work with national advertisers, and this is what they buy. So we felt really great about the opportunity when it presented itself. So now, you know, we look at our inventory in Los Angeles and we say between the Reef, you know, which is the largest digital spectacular in America on the 10 freeway, Hollywood and Highland, you know, the footprints in West Hollywood, Hollywood, West L.A., our coverage on the strip. We can really offer our clients either a high impact vanity campaign or a reach and frequency play. So it is something that really excites us. And, you know, we couldn't be more thrilled to carry on the legacy of the Regency plant. You know, my my sense, Evan, is that this crisis created the opportunity for entrepreneurs like you. When Lamar and Outfront and Clear Channel all put the brakes on their CapEx, it it created the running room for entrepreneurs like you. And what I saw in the last year, uh, what I've seen is it's the entrepreneurs that are the ones that have been stepping up and doing the deals when the big three, when their CapEx budgets were constrained. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we were fortunate that we've always been thoughtful about commercial structure as we built one sign after another with our own capital, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, we came into this crisis with essentially next to no leverage. So we knew that opportunities over time, when there was no visibility into the future, were going to present themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, putting yourself in that position. Did I ever think this was going to happen? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But look, we've, we've taken over quite a few signs yeah. throughout the country and have a robust development pipeline heading into the future that was all put together during COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's COVID. My heart breaks for so many people mm-hmm. that this has affected and, and, it's, and it's tragic and it's been devastating for our industry. And I'm just I'm, I'm excited for better days ahead for me, my family, my friends my contemporaries and peers in the industry and every person who lives in our country and around the world. And we're getting there. Mm-hmm. And this industry, mind you, is going to be the tailwinds are pushing it. This industry that's a 24 hour, seven day a week, evil proof medium 
is only going to grow. I mean, look, yesterday's headline on, on, on the Wall Street Journal about, you know, anonymity on the web prevailing with Google and, and Apple and those ecosystems are going to change and dollars are going to be reoriented. And we are thrilled and excited about the place that we find ourselves in today. Where would new tradition like to grow? So we love 24-hour day markets. There's not a major metropolitan city in the top 20 or 30 that if we can't get an eight-plus sign, we won't go into that market. And we'll immerse ourselves in that market. We'll get to learn from landlords. We'll meet the landlords. And we think we can add value in those cities. So we're, we're really you know, canvassing right now as we're you know, putting our, our foot to the grass and trying to continue to accelerate our growth. Yeah, I think I think it's about finding finding complementary assets, you know, that fit within the portfolio. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, let's keep in mind it. You know, it's taken us 11 years to get to this point. So, you know, this story is really a, a brick by brick story. You know, the the Regency acquisition was you know, a little bit of a hyper growth for us. You know, specifically in Los Angeles, but you know, it's it's always been methodical and it's been you know at the right time you know for us to expand. So you know, mm-hmm. we're excited about the future and you know we're going to continue on the course of you know building you know our business. You know, the way we know how to build a business and you know, making sure that we're securing assets that, you know, work for our advertisers in the neighborhoods and, and, and the cities that we know advertisers want to be in. Yeah, Dave, we're, we're, you know, we don't play quarter to quarter. I'm thinking three, five years ahead yep. right now. Yep. And, and, and I think that gives us a competitive advantage. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're open and, and really, you know, focusing on how do we generate more revenue for future landlords? How do we add value? And that's what we think about every day. What role do the automated sales platforms, Blip, AdQuick, Adomni, Vistar, Hivestack, go on and on? What role do you see them playing for new tradition? Oh, we're thrilled and excited for all of these programmatic channels to be in the space, right? Again, Mm -hmm. we believe in the medium. And if they can drive additional incremental revenue to our signs, we love it. We think Anything that opens up out of home to more advertisers and makes buying simpler across channels mm-hmm. is great for our business and everyone in the industry. So we're, we're looking forward to working with all of the aforementioned as we do and continuing to grow those relationships. That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Evan and Lou. No, Thanks, thank Dave. you, Dave. Honestly, to be on your show is, is, is another pinch me moment in our uh, you know, 10-year career in the outdoor space. So thank you again. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome, Lou. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by AdWatch. Reach more out-of-home customers where they live, work, or play with AdWatch Media's digital marketing services. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider Podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider Podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is billboardinsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks.